I always thought that meditation was being able to like sit and quiet your mind and then like, because I have a thousand thoughts running through my head every millisecond, you know, like just boom, 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 boom constantly. And as soon as a thought comes in, then that leads to another thought, which leads to another thought, which brings me back to this thought. Like it is, it is totally a, a very busy intersection in my brain. And so I always thought I was meditating wrong because my definition of meditation was not what the true medit or the true definition was. Right. So now that I have adjusted my expectations, I realize I do meditate. I just I do it when I'm actually moving. Like when I sit, it's very difficult for me if I'm still. It's very difficult for me to to um like really focus on the moment because then I'm just thinking about the the thoughts that are going through my head, which once again, it's part of meditation and mindfulness because you are aware of the things coming in, right? But I don't know. Sometimes I think I have I have ADD is what I think, and I can't meditate because as I as I sit there, I notice oh I hear a bird chirping outside, but I'm not supposed to listen to that. Like I'm supposed to be sitting here trying to quiet my mind. Okay, mind, be quiet, be quiet, and that's. <laughs> That's a very stressful way of meditating. <laughs> you are listening to the We Are Not Safe for Work podcast. Your hosts, Renee and Nadja, will dive into all the different reasons why some entrepreneurs become unemployable. And we're live. Okay, so awesome. what were we talking about? Um, what's the word you just used? Mental capacity? Mental capacity. I think that's a great topic um, just because we were just talking about, I mean, not necessarily feeling overwhelmed, but just talking about all the things that have been keeping us really busy recently. And I think that your example of being unable to take in anything new was like, I think that's a really great place to start having that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think that there comes this point where we're all, it's not emotional overload, it's not, it's its nothing heavy, it's just that I am so focused on what we're currently doing, and I'm having to make so many um, decisions and take in so many concepts that there's just not room for anything else, which honestly, in some ways, is kind of nice, because like, right. uh, last night... We won't get into this, but last night you you texted me a political issue. And I was like, <laughs> that sucks, but mm -hmm. I can't dwell in it because my brain is already currently full, which is kind of nice. Right. So it definitely has its advantages, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and that was, um, you know, I I battled with sending that to you because I kind of had a, a similar situation, or I guess a similar reaction where. I read something and then I was immediately just frustrated. But at the same time, I was like, well, I need to know more about what I just read. And so I went down my usual rabbit hole of, okay, I'm going to look at this source and I'm going to look over here at this source and I'm going to read this article. And it got to the point where, you know, the information overload was starting. And that was like, that stemmed from me sitting there going, do I share this? Or do I know? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad that you did because honestly, I'm so detached right now that I didn't know anyway. So it's like, yeah. you know, and it's another thing. I guess we should talk about this. We haven't talked about if we're going to talk about. I love that. I don't know how to word it. About <laughs> if we're going to talk about hot button, um, divisive issues. And yeah. I, yeah, I pause. I'm sorry. I, no, I <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like, I think I think that's something that shouldn't be shied away from because hot topics or hot button topics, whatever you may want to call them, they're they're a part of life. Like that, I feel like that's a it's a form of censorship. And you know, we went into this um, agreeing that we would approach things with authenticity and we would be incredibly inauthentic if we avoided specific topics because we were afraid of how people might react to it or our opinions. And I mean, we don't necessarily agree on everything. We agree on a lot of things, but you know, there's going to be things that we have differing opinions on. And I think that it's, it's healthy to have conversations about it in a, in an informed and open-minded way like maybe we could help set that type of example for others you know well you know it's a good point because the thing that dawned on me last night was that you are i haven't considered this because i forget that these things the labels of life exist no. <laughs> because they get in my own little bubble right sure so you an interesting duo and it didn't hit me at all maybe you thought about this before but i hadn't um I'm I'm a lesbian and you're Asian from Australia uh-huh. and you're not even a citizen of this country. Nope. You're, you're here on a, um, see my ignorance is going to come through. What a is it? Green a green card. card? Green yeah. card. Do you have I'm a, a permanent like, resident. Permanent. Okay. So you have like yes. a lifetime green card? It's not lifetime. I have to renew it every 10 years. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, problem? mine's mine's coming up for a renewal this year. So I have to start going through the process um, because sometimes the the filing process takes a while. And so typically I try to start it like six months before it expires. So hold on. I want to come back to that. But just to get through <laughs> this, so I'm a white lesbian married to a woman. You are an Asian, non-American married to a white American. That's correct. And that is interesting. And I forgot that was a thing. And it, yeah, because we don't think about these things, but it yeah. does inform our perspectives, which in absolutely in this, which is why you texted me last night because exactly, yeah, what you texted me about was specifically about our lives. Yeah. Because it affects all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. So with the green card thing, that you have to review, is it just a formality to renew that? Or is there no. ever any concern for you that they could say, I'm sorry, but we're ready for you to leave? Yep, absolutely. So every time I have renewed, I've been, we've lived here in the U.S. since 1998. That was when we moved when to the U.S. When you say we, who's we? Me and my family, my immediate family, like Your my parents family. and my brothers, yeah. yes. Okay. So we moved here in 98. Um, and we didn't become permanent residents until 2002, three, two. <laughs> what is the we – but if you're a permanent resident, then why do you have to renew anything? Um, just to make sure that I haven't done anything to offend the um, the overlords <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> so that they can revoke my residency. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, because it's a whole process. So renewing my green card, like I said, it's every 10 years. Um, There's a bunch of paperwork that needs to be filled out. And it's, you know, just the basics of name, address, nationality, like where, where, what country does your passport belong to? So mine belongs to Australia. Like I still hold an Australian passport. I do not have a US passport, even though I have lived here for 20 plus years and um, my kids were born here. I'm married to a U.S. citizen who was born here. Yeah. Um, so I need to go through all of the, I guess the paperwork is the formality. But then after that, they actually, um, I don't remember if they do background checks, but I know I have to schedule an appointment for biometrics. So I have to go in and they do my fingerprints, um, my picture. And yeah, it's and it's this a whole is the thing. US that you're talking about, the United States. This is the US biometrics. Yes. So do you and your immediate family immediate family is not the right word because your immediate family is now Lance and the kids, but <laughs> your family of origin, uh-huh. um, do you guys kind of like do this as a group? Because I assume you all have to do it at the same time since you came here together, right? No, actually, because my parents, they are U.S. citizens. They applied for citizenship oh. a couple of years ago, um, and they actually applied at the same time, but their paperwork was processed at different times. So like my mom got her citizenship first, and then my dad went through the process. I think it was like six months later. And so they are U.S. citizens. They ca- they're they're dual citizens, so they carry both oh, they an Australian passport and a U.S. passport. Okay. Um, and they when did they move to Australia? Just out of curiosity, I know that's not important to this story, but I just forgot. Uh, we well, moved to Australia when I was when I was four. I was getting ready to turn five, so my okay. my younger brother was like a year, barely a year old. And my youngest brother was actually born in Australia. So he is a, he, he is an Australian. Gotcha. Now you nor your siblings have applied for U.S. citizenship? No, we have not. Uh, I am going through the process of applying for citizenship. Um, I'm still filling out like the paperwork, the application and stuff like that. Uh, There are multiple fees that go along with it. And, you know, after all the fees are added up, you know, it's, it's about a, I don't know, like a $1,200 investment or something. Mm. Um, but I I haven't applied for citizenship mostly out of stubbornness. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess in a way I, I, I'm kind of rebelling because I'm like, no, I am Australian. Like that's my, that is my identity. That is where I grew up. And well, you could get dual. Yes, I can get dual citizenship, which is totally fine. But like I said, you know, part of me, it's, I don't know. It's like when somebody tells you you have, you're getting ready to do something, right? And then somebody tells you, oh, you have to do this. And you're like, well, I was about to go do that thing. But now that you have told me that I have to do it, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Do you ever hear stories? Wait, do your parents have two passports? They do. That's cool. (laughs) Um, so do you ever hear stories of people that go to re-up their green card and get denied? Uh, not personal stories. Like I've, I've heard it happening before. Um, but that is a, that is a legitimate fear that happens every single time. Um, I, 
I actually also need to renew my Australian passport, and that is through the Australian embassy. So Mm -hmm. I have to go through a different – like I have to go to the Australian embassy here in Houston um, like to file my – Oh, you actually have to go. Passport renewal. Yes, because I have I uh, I need to submit my pictures and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So um like the last time I renewed it, I was able to do most of it online, I believe. Well, I mean like I was able to get all the forms that I needed online, print them mm-hmm. out, but then I had to send it in. And I think honestly that time the only reason that I had to go to the Australian embassy was because I needed that passport expedited. So um, I needed it in my hands within like in less than a month because usually the the processing time can take anywhere from, you know, six to eight weeks. So you just never know. So I paid the extra fees to have it expedited. And I remember having to go down to the Australian embassy um, to finalize all that stuff. But yeah, no, there's, I have created uh, additional levels of unnecessary complexity for myself by not doing this sooner. (laughs) Because when, when we travel, because I have an Australian passport, when we come back to the United States, um, my husband and my kids, they go through the U.S. citizen line, which is much shorter. So they go through that line. I have to go through the visitors and green card holders line, which means that they're waiting for me anywhere from, I mean, it can be really quick sometimes depending on Mm -hmm. where we're coming from and how long um, or the time of year, you know, if there's a lot of people on vacation or whatever. But the last time we came back from the Philippines, they, they went through the citizen line and I had to go through the green card holder and slash visitors line. And they waited about 30, 30 to 40 minutes for me to go through <laughs> through have immigration. You ever, have you ever traveled with just your kids internationally? And how do you handle that? I have traveled with my kids internationally, just me and my kids. Um, we like we traveled to Australia altogether. So my husband and my kids. Um, so when we landed in Australia, they actually um i went through the visitors line with them because they oh, okay. were us passport holders so i i just went through the same line as them because i didn't want to go through immigration without them right and then right. and then my husband actually came back from australia early me and the girl stayed a little bit longer and so coming back home um it was vice versa the girls just they were in the visitors line with me so oh, okay. when when that. we yeah so when we got to immigration you know I had the two US passports for my kids and then I had my Australian passport and it was you know bam 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 they check and then they're like okay welcome back to the United States. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I don't remember how we got to this conversation. <laughs> how did we get to this conversation? Um Oh, just uh, talking about hot button topics. Oh, that's right. that's how it came about because yeah. I am in a unique position where I am a permanent resident who has lived here over twenty years, who is married to a U.S. citizen, who has kids that were born here, and I am still technically a foreigner. Right. Which, more important than anything, honestly, means you're you're non-voting. Yes, I cannot vote. Right. And you have such strong opinions. 
I do have strong opinions. <laughs> it's kind of funny because two of my closest friends are live here in Texas, um, you and Joanna, and both of you are non-citizens and are completely obsessively opinionated about <laughs> politics. And I keep asking both of you, when yeah. are you going to become citizens? Because Joanna's been here at least as long as you. Yeah. And she's from England. And I'm like, first of all, you could go home. Why mm -hmm. are you still here? You know, this is a crazy ass place to be. You <laughs> can go home for some sanity in England. Why won't the queen now, God rest her soul, why won't the king take us back? Because I feel like right. we're in a better circumstance, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. But regardless, you two have such strong opinions and you live in Texas. We really need your vote. So it's yeah. like, come on, guys, step up. So, yeah, you know. no, definitely. But it it does um well, maybe maybe this is our topic of conversation, you know, like uh, immigration laws, opinions, whatever it may be. Um cuz I think part of it part of it too, just to kind of tie it back with the original topic that we had proposed is there is so much mental fatigue and gymnastics that you do being a non-US citizen. Yeah. And when it comes to the political climate, and like you said, especially here in Texas, you have almost a, it's almost a sense of like helplessness because you don't agree with the majority or it's not even that. It's not even the majority. You don't agree with what ends up being counted as the majority. <laughs> Right. So, so part of you is like, well, what's the point? What's the point in me becing a U.S. citizen to vote for things if I know how this You're is going to turn right out? Yeah. Exactly. So that's part of it, you know. And and the like I said, the mental gymnastics that go into that are are just it's a cycle, you know. Like, yes, I have opinions. Yes, I I try really hard to put my money where my mouth is and, you know, put my support where I want to monetarily support, mm -hmm. you know, I try to make moral decisions based on things like that, you know, but every now and then it's, it's kind of like, it's so exhausting to have to think about that all the time. Yeah. It's like, can't I just do this? Can't I just buy this from this company? Um, I'm going to use Amazon as an example, you know, <laughs> like the way that they treat their employees from what I've heard. And I've, I have, um, actually, uh, one of my husband's cousins, uh, mm -hmm. worked at Amazon for a long time. And, you know, so we heard firsthand experience of what they go through and the shitty work conditions that sometimes that they are subjected to for long periods of time. And it doesn't matter if they complain about it or try to change things. Like it just, it, it's the culture of the workplace, right? So mm. it makes me, who is an avid Amazon shopper. <laughs> oh, big time. Me too. Yeah. Yes. It makes me pause and then I have to think about, okay, how badly do I want the convenience so that my money supports this corporation that treats my married, you know, my my married family members yeah. <laughs> poorly? Like, right. do I want to be feeding into that machine? 
And so the answer is obviously no, but I'm still going to click that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. Andy, my wife, she um, tries really because we're huge Amazon shoppers. Mm -hmm. And she tries really hard to buy American from Amazon. Have you ever tried to do that? It's so hard. It's so hard. Yes. It is so, so hard because now there's so many resellers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and you have to do so much research to be able to determine, so like, yeah, it, it's almost it's, impossible. And yeah. so many things that we buy on a regular basis are not American made anyway. Mm. So then it's like, okay, is it coming directly from China? Right. Not that I have any issue with China. I think China. Um, well, okay, that's not true. I have plenty of issues with China. <laughs> I don't have a necessarily an issue with a product coming from China. We buy lots of stuff from China to say otherwise would just be stupid. But right. if, even if we could figure out if the reseller is from the United States so that we're supporting that middleman, it's so mm-hmm. hard to do, you know? Right. Um, anyway, it all becomes so complicated. But now Amazon's making me really mad because now they've started. The best thing about buying from Amazon is how easy it is to return something. Yes. And you just reminded me that I do need to return something today. Right. So. <laughs> so it used to be, or still is, often that if you buy something and you want to return it, you can take it to the UPS store and you just hand them the product mm-hmm. and they scan your return QR code and that's it. Well, now a, star- a lot of them are starting to make you repackage it, mm-hmm. which is really annoying because maybe I don't have a box that size or right. whatever. And so one of the huge advantages was the ease of return, and that seems to be going away lately. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's – what is it? It's um, convenience over, like, I don't know, ethical, morality? moral compass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> convenience over morality. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you know- have you ever watched The Good Place? I saw a few episodes. I know you really like that show. Yeah. I love that show. So I think that this is a discussion that they actually put out there. And it's a matter of, you know, the whole point of The Good Place is when you are living, you earn or lose points based on what you do, right? Like, so right. if you... If you do a good thing, you earn more points. If you do a bad thing, you lose points. And then that that is um, like that score that you have at the end of your life is what decides if you're going to the good place or the bad place. And right. so one of the topics that they – not attack, but one of the topics that they approach on the good place is um, – they find out that nobody has been admitted into the good place for the past like however many hundred years, right? And it's like, why? There are so many people that deserve like so many famous people that in our heads were like, that person deserves to go to the good place, right? right? Why are they not in the good place? And they talk about the accounting system being flawed. Because as the world becomes more complicated, all these additional things start coming into play when it when it um, comes to your scoring. So like you go over here and you're like, yeah, I bought organic 
I bought an organic apple from a local farmer, right? right? Okay. So organic from a local farmer. And then they go back one step and they're like, okay, yeah, you bought an organic apple from a local farmer. So that's a good thing. But also that local farmer has ties with the mafia. And then <laughs> so you lose points there. And because they have ties with the mafia, like that particular group, like committed genocide. So now you've just like negative a million points. And because of that one decision, like, so that's, that's the example that they give. Like, yeah. um, you do this one thing that you think is a good thing. And then as you take a step back, and go back further and further and further and see where that web ends up going, you end up losing points because somehow it's become so much more complicated to score a decision. Right. You know what? This makes me think of something that I saw this morning. I haven't even had a chance to actually open it, but now you get news alerts on your phone. Yeah. (laughs) I saw a news alert that said, that the Mexican cartel apologized for their mistake of what? killing some tourist. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, I'm like, there's so much wrong with that that I can't Nadja just disappeared, just so you guys know. We're on video. <laughs> I just like I walked away. I'm sorry. I'm it's still fun. listening. <laughs> yeah. I know because she has headphones on, but that was really funny. She's like, oh, that. that's too much for me. I just can't. But how did we get to a place? Because I heard somebody yesterday say there used to be a good cartel in Mexico. And I thought, what? I know. I thought just the idea that it's a cartel means that it's bad. So now I'm right. But the cartel apologized for what happened. And I'm okay. So now I need to look up the definition. Press to apologize. Also, what the hell happened to the Americans? I don't know what the story is. This is how deep I've been into processes and procedures. Oh, you don't know about the so there was um there was a group of four Americans that had driven into Mexico. Um and I think it was like one of them was going there for a medical procedure because it was going to be cheaper. And they <laughs> okay. they got kidnapped. So they got kidnapped because they drove into Mexico in a car with U.S. plates and they stopped in a city that is known for, you know, shady, like, cartel-related things. Okay. Um, and so two of them were killed and the other two were – they they survived. That's terrible. Right. So the cartel is apologizing for this? I guess. I mean, this is the first I've heard of it. So <laughs> that's crazy, though, if they are. So, I okay, I looked up the definition of cartel just because I was like, okay, we have talked about this earlier, or we talk about this pretty frequently. Um, definitions matter because one person's definition of a word, of the same word, could be very different. So oh, according, yes. according to uh, dictionary.com <laughs> – Cartel is a noun, and the definition is an association of manufacturers or suppliers with the purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. And historically, it is a coalition or cooperative arrangement between political parties intended to promote a mutual interest. There is nothing in here about, like, gangs, (laughs) because to me, cartel 
means a gang. I thought it did. So here are the headlines. Mexican cartel is very sorry for kidnapped and murdered Americans. Um, Mexican drug cartel purportedly apologizes for death of kidnapped Americans. What? Hold on, let me just click on that. Calls out members for lack of discipline. So Mexican drug cartel purportedly apologizes for deaths of kidnapped Americans, calls out members for lack of discipline. Um, I don't wow, even know. Wow, so there's like a code of ethics in the in the drug cartel? What? I, sure. <laughs> I guess so. My mind is blown right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, you know when you watch, like, I'm really into Blacklist. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I they love always that say in that show. Huh? I love oh, that yeah? show. Oh, yeah. Um, they always say in that show that criminals have the best code of ethics. So, okay. That's interesting. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. Um, the cartel has apologized. And I don't even know what to say to that. What do you but say again, to that? My brain is so full that it's like there's no space for that. I don't right. have time for that. I don't. It's like it comes in. I, I, it's like it flurries around, and uh-huh. um, the end. So then, would cartel members make it into the good place because they did a good thing by apologizing? Well, would they? Yeah, because the the act of um, regret and um, atonement, like that's the type of stuff that we're all told earns us brownie points, right? Like, but genuine, like genuinely asking for forgiveness and, you know, yeah. So, I mean, if you take out the cartel part of it, it's like, okay, this person or this group of people are apologizing for a mistake that they made. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, that's great. Like, good for them. They're becoming better people. And it's like, oh, and the mistake they made was they killed people. Oh. <laughs> but then you have to back it up even further to your point and be like, wait a minute. Why were they killing people? Oh, because they're a drug cartel. Drugs are bad. At least I think so. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, the whole reason that they were there in the first place was for a bad reason. But maybe they're trying to protect their streets. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the story's about. <laughs> <I'm, I'm, I'm, laughs> I have no idea. What yeah, but do you know? do you see the mental gymnastics that we have to do, not even on a daily basis, but just like all the time with any sort of information that we take in, and it doesn't matter what that information is, with everything that we take in, we have to do all sorts of backtracking, double checking, looking more into X, Y, and Z. Like there's so much that you do with the information that you receive. And that's just a constant, you know? And I feel like it becomes more complicated and more difficult just with everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. And so then how do you leave space for all of the mental gymnastics you must do in your work. Because you were saying earlier, we were talking about the SOPs that you were working with a client for, mm-hmm. and your client was calling it, you call it a course, and the client was calling it a 
A program. A program. Mm-hmm. So you have to mentally think to yourself, wait a minute, what's a program? What's a program? I don't have any SOPs for a program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was wondering if you had terms and definitions, because do you, should you have a term that says a program is a course? Right. Yeah. I mean that, and, and that's pretty much what we do, you know, like, like I explained to you, um, so you and your team have actually created a dictionary where you have defined the terms that you use. Yeah. That way it's used by everybody. right? Right. So for us, we, um, like we have it kind of built in based on the tools that we're using. So for your for your team, it's very different because what you are doing is a lot more abstract. That's right. And so, yeah, so your definitions, I mean, you're talking about the same thing, but you are using different words, whereas we use tools to create these programs or courses or whatever. And we use the terminology of the tool that we're using because it's already defined for us. And right. and then we don't have to think about, oh, well, we call it this or we call it that. So I am the corrector. When somebody says the, you know, a different term, I always, I'm right behind them. And I'm like, did you mean, did you mean a course? When you say program, you mean a course, right? Oh, yes, if you switch that's tools. What I mean. If you guys, let's say you switch tools, mm-hmm. the tools still do the same concepts, but then the tool, that new tool called it a new name. Would you update all your SOPs to reflect the new name? Ideally, yes. But okay. typically with with migrations like that, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play and terminology is actually one of them. Um, but yeah, like just to make it more universal for the people for the new team members that are coming in. And I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult for the older team members who are used to calling it a certain thing, right? Um, but isn't that kind of what life is all about? It's about adjusting and, you know, making sense of whatever the new thing is. And then that's just, that becomes the new norm. Right, right, yeah. So you just, and that just kind of reminded me, um, the question that you were asking with all the mental gymnastics that we have to do nowadays and, you know, the mental capacity being overloaded, like what do we do to lessen that or to get around that? And I really think this is, it's going to make me sound super woo. And I, I consider myself, uh, diet granola. <laughs> like I'm not super crunchy, but I am I am diet granola. <laughs> okay. I'm a little crunchy, but also not. <laughs> so I really think that um meditation and once again the definition of meditation is being present in the moment, right? So right. it is not about clearing your mind and having a blank thought, like just make emptying your your mind like the whole point of meditation is to be present in the moment. So for example, like when I go out on a walk on the trails and I'm surrounded by nature, it's almost an automatic response to be aware of the moment because as you're walking, you notice, oh, look at the trees. They're so green today. And oh my gosh, it's kind of windy because the leaves are swaying. Like it's it's an automatic meditation in a way. And I always struggled with that because 
I always thought that meditation was being able to like sit and quiet your mind and then like, because I have a thousand thoughts running through my head every millisecond, you know, like just vroom, 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 constantly. And as soon as a thought comes in, then that leads to another thought, which leads to another thought, which brings me back to this thought. Like it is, it is totally a, a very busy intersection in my brain. And so I always thought I was meditating wrong because my definition of meditation was not what the true med or the true definition was. Right. So now that I have adjusted my expectations, I realize I do meditate. I just I do it when I'm actually moving. Like when I sit, it's very difficult for me if I'm still. It's very difficult for me to to um like really focus on the moment because then I'm just thinking about the the thoughts that are going through my head, which once again, it's part of meditation and mindfulness because you are aware of the things coming in, right? But I don't know. Sometimes I think I have I have ADD is what I think. And I can't meditate because as I as I sit there, I notice, oh, I hear a bird chirping outside. But I'm not supposed to listen to that. Like I'm supposed to be sitting here trying to quieten my mind. Okay, mind, be quiet, be quiet. And that's that's a very stressful way of meditating. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's supposed to cause us more stress, but I think we talked about this in our first episode, actually. Um, but we probably did. I don't remember. <laughs> I think we did. I can't remember if we talked about it or if we talked about it in the episode. It doesn't matter. But I think that most people think that we're supposed to be a quiet monk and the whole mm, goal yeah. is for our brain to be empty. But I don't think that's, even if that were originally true, let's just say that was the original point of meditation that mm -hmm. was invented by some monk on a mountain in Japan, you know? Um, yeah. In today's world, I think we're all a little ADD, if not a lot ADD. I mean, think... How There's so much stimulation in the in the environment. Do you read books? Yes. Would you consider yourself a reader? Okay, great. How yeah. many pages can you just sit down and read today versus, let's say, 10 years ago? Without doing anything else, just sitting down and reading. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking back to um, – back in what was it high school or college whenever the harry potter books came out yeah like i was the person that as soon as they were released like i was i was there at the bookstore i was getting mm -hmm. my book and as soon as i had it in my hand and got home i sat down and i read it and i could read those harry potter books over the course of a weekend so and and that was me sitting down reading eating while i read barely yeah. sleeping, you know, and, yeah. and I could blow through those books very quickly. But that is completely unattainable for me at this point in my life. There is no way I could I could do that with everything in my environment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was before you had a cell phone, right? Before I had a cell phone, before kids, right. before, yeah. you know, before – what is it? Um, you had streaming at the tip of your fingertips, you know, like that, that was yeah. when TV was TV. Like if you miss it, you miss it. Right. So to my point, what meditation may have started off as 
was the opportunity for complete silence. But that's mm-hmm. not realistic now. No. Complete silence is, it's hard to have complete silence now because um, Alexa or Siri might start talking in the middle of it because you set some kind of alarm to water right. your plant, you know. On <laughs> Thanks something. for calling me out, Renee. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have the same thing. That's my point. So it's like, yeah. That kind of existence isn't even realistic, yet we we make ourselves feel bad if we don't have a totally quiet mind mm-hmm. for 60 seconds, right? Yep. Yeah, um, totally. Like, uh, you know, have you ever, you know, when you're having, you see on TV and somebody's um, like having a panic attack or maybe a heart attack and they're like, just focus on your breathing. Just saying, just focus on your breathing is one of the most stressful things you could ever yeah. do. <laughs> And then yes. I'm like, oh shit, what's wrong with my breathing? How am I supposed yep. to just focus on my breathing? Yeah. What should my breathing be like? What does it uh-huh. even mean to just focus on your breathing? And suddenly I'm not breathing. I'm holding my breath, freaking out mm-hmm. about what my breathing should be. Um, so there's no way that I could do that. That's impossible yep. for me. And at the same time, I love to read. I am a big book person, but if I read four pages in a row without stopping. I just that's I a huge a accomplishment. I did that. Yeah. Even when Andy and I recently flew to Colorado, I took a book with me thinking, okay, while I'm on the plane, mm-hmm. I'm going to read. Yeah. I never read a full page without something happening to disrupt that reading. And I was yeah. on a plane. I mean, it's yep. just, it, it, life is just not the same anymore, but yet we have these weird expectations of ourselves that it should be. Yeah. No, life is just, like I said, you know, we have so much stimulation coming from everywhere that it just makes it very overwhelming to be, you know, like I feel like, especially recently, um, Mm -hmm. there's been, there's been a lot more focus on, um, what is it called? Oh, neurodivergent. Oh, I haven't heard this phrase. Yeah, so people who are neuro neurodivergent basically they don't think about things they don't think about things or experience things the same way as quote everybody else does. So um so there are people that you know like they get overwhelmed or overstimulated when there's a lot of loud music. So I mean, I think that that applies to everyone, right? Sure. But the thing is we now have environments where loud music and constant like stimulation into your ears or your eyes or your senses, like your your senses are just so hyper-stimulated, it's overwhelming and your nervous system just like can't handle it. So some people can manage that and like, yeah, their their nervous system is overstimulated, but they can they can kind of like, oh, okay, it's it, it'll be fine. Like I can I can move past this or I can deal with it. But then there are other people that are just like they feel like they're being attacked. And that's the whole deal with, you know, the different um personality types that people talk oh, about. You I, know, there's yeah. the extroverts and the introverts or whatever. I've always considered myself an ambivert, even though everyone's always like, Oh, you're so extroverted because you make friends wherever you go. And I'm like, Yeah, but I also feed off of other people's energy, which is part of the extroverted um, characteristic. But it's also an introverted characteristic 
to get so overwhelmed with people's energy that now I need time by myself to kind of like regulate my nervous system because now I now I am overstimulated because I've been, you know, at level 100 for however long because I've been surrounded by people who are right. at a level 100, but I need to take that time to step away from that type of energy so that I don't go crazy with the overstimulation myself. Yeah. But that's a typical that's typically considered an introverted trait. Like introverts are not shy. Like that's not the whole deal with introverts. That's that's a common what is it? Um that's a misconception. Yeah, misconception. Like the definition of an introvert is not correct. Um introverts, they they can socialize, they can make friends and everything, oh, you sure. know, but they need that time away from all of that energy to kind of like regroup for themselves. Right. Can and that's really all it is. Background? No. Can you oh. hear can you hear the mowers in the background of mine? No. No, it's just okay. like, we are clearly getting a massive storm right now. So it's like, oh, if I disappear, that would be why. Oh, um, well, no, I can't, I can't hear the thunder. I'm watching uh, the, uh, the mowers go back and forth. Can't hear it at all. <laughs> That's awesome. Like he walks by every time and I'm just like, can you walk faster? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I don't hear that at all. That's great. Great. Um, Microphones yeah. are doing their jobs. <laughs> I guess so. Um, well, see, and isn't that a perfect example of like all of the stimulus that comes at us in our environment at all times? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think that we have all of this pressure that we put on ourselves. Like we have these idealistic, it's almost like these 1950s ideas of what it means to be human. And but mm -hmm. yet we're in 2023 and we're still clinging to this old um, idea set of what it means to be calm, what it means. And maybe that's, you know, all this pressure that mm -hmm. we all put on ourselves as a society. And then if you add the extra layer of entrepreneurship on top of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it's just like, no wonder we're all batshit crazy. Right. Because. <laughs> We're doing it to ourselves because we have these ideas of what it means to exist. Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. It's just, it's funny. So sometimes we have, like this weekend, this past weekend, um, my mom had, I got that terrifying phone call. Um, oh, no. Out. Yeah. Um, it, and you know, there's hell, time just stops because the phone call went like this. Hey, Renee, your mom was having chest pains. Oh, no. And um, she went to the ER and they care flighted her to um, Tyler and she's in the ICU. And they oh kept gosh. forever to say if she was dead or alive, right? And I'm like... Yeah, no, you start off with everything's okay, but this is what happened. Exactly. Like that's, that is what I want to hear. I don't want to know that. I mean, it's not even my mom and my my heart dropped into my stomach just now, like as you're explaining this. Yeah. So I got... And so then, and they said, and she's doing okay. And I'm like, <sighs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but my the reason I bring that up is because... 
when things like that happen, the whole world zooms out. Mm -hmm. And I tend to, I have been able to force myself to do the same thing when I'm focused on work, on our, on our business, is yeah. I have to zoom out the rest of the world so okay. that I can think in this kind of way because otherwise everything becomes so overwhelming. And then you have a morning like this morning where it was just total chaos in the house because we had food delivered. We had um, our upstairs power went off because something tripped it. Um, I was trying to get a shower. We were trying to make a decision about um, abbreviations for the business. Uh, the handyman was showing up. Someone was late to work. Like Gosh. everything is happening at once, right? Yeah. And that's just a normal day. That's how life is now. But it makes yeah. it like you get to the end of the day and you're like, wait a minute, what was I supposed to do today? What did I yeah. do? So if you can't find a way to zoom in on the most important parts of your work, the day will suck away and mm -hmm. suddenly you didn't accomplish anything. And then you're like, man, I don't have any money. How come? Oh, because everything else became such a distraction. Right. Yeah. Um, so when they when I got that phone call about my mom, obviously nothing else mattered. I was literally headed out the door and I didn't have pants on. And Andy was like, oh wait, 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 you have to come back. You have to come yeah. back. Like, oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, because that, that becomes less of a priority. Like that is not the priority in your head in that moment. Like I don't yeah. fucking care if I'm wearing pants or not. I need to go to my mom. And okay. and it's not even a logical thought process, right? No. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> like what are you what are you going to do? What are the steps to get there? No, the thought is just I need to be with her. That's right. And and that requires me walking out of the house. That's right. Yeah. And so any other now. steps? Yeah. Any other steps don't matter. All you know is that my goal is to be with her. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, we got there and she was fine. Like they told us on the phone. And, but, but I was like, mom was like, you don't even need to come. And I was like, I have to see you. I have yeah. to see you right now. And so we got there. It, she was fine. Everything's fine. She's in amazing health. And um, we came back home, went back to work because yeah. that's just the way it has to be right now. It's like mm -hmm. you have to compartmentalize almost every single moment of your life. Like right now we're yeah. doing this podcast and you'll go pick up your, your other daughter, right? Mm -hmm. You go get some meds. And it's like every single step compartmentalizes, even though there's a hundred thousand things going through your head at any given moment. And then you wonder why you're not meditating properly. Right. Yeah. Because also if you think about it, when I think of meditation, again, I think about monks and how they do it perfectly, but monks have isolated themselves they don't have TV. They don't have the news. They don't have all of the shit that we have. So yeah. their job is to be a monk and that's their life. They're a monk and they're alone and it's easy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because it's, it's by design that they are isolated. Mm -hmm. Like the, the distractions are removed from them. Their purpose is made very clear to them in whatever it is they're supposed to do, like, okay, this is your time to meditate. This is your time to pray. This is your time to clean. You know, everything is very clear to them. And once again, all the distractions have been removed. We don't have that luxury anymore. Not in this day and age. Like working from home is not, oh, I'm just doing my work 
at home now. That's not how it works. Most people, there was a, an article that I had read recently. Um, God, I wish I remember where it came from. But the article that I had read was um, when it comes to working from home, it's mostly women or females that have the um, additional mental burden because if a woman, if a mother, let's, let's go back. Let's be very specific. We're talking about parents. If a mother is working from home, she doesn't just work from home. She's also now responsible for making sure that things are clean because she's at home, right? Right. So doing the dishes, sweeping, taking care of pets. Um, She's the first person that gets to pick or not gets to. She's the first person that gets called if a kid needs to be picked up from school because she works from home. Right. But if it was the other way around, and I know this from firsthand experience because um, we have a friend in our neighborhood, um, you know, he works from home. Like the roles are reversed. So his wife goes into an office and he works from home. And sure, he, he gets, he's the one that goes and picks up the kids if they need to be picked up from school. But do you know who gets called first? The mom. She does. Yeah. The mom does. And that's just, it's one of those gender roles that are always assumed. And that additional mental burden, because um, he doesn't have to worry about doing the dishes because he's at home or whatever. Like, he doesn't feel like he needs to be responsible for that. I have another close friend. Her husband works from home. I have to ask a question. So with that specific couple... He doesn't feel the pressure to make sure that the kitchen is clean before his wife gets home? Oh, no, absolutely not. His focus is I am working from home. So my focus during work hours is to work. And that's what he does. Whereas me, I work from home and I still take care. I mean, I'm not saying that the expectation is set by my husband. Like there is absolutely no, no expectations. He he doesn't demand that when he comes home from work, he comes home to a clean house. You know, there there's none of that demand. But the societal expectation is, well, you're you're the one working from home. Why isn't your house more clean? Right. Why aren't your that. dishes done? And I'm yes. like, yeah. Because I'm acting like a man is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Which is, oh, God, it's maddening because it's not fair to men. Because, you know, honestly, I think that most of these expectations are started with women and mm-hmm. then set to other women and to men as well, you know? Yeah. Um, it's he shouldn't your friend shouldn't have to clean the house when he's home because he's working mm-hmm. right and you shouldn't have your, your situation is different because lance is just the most amazing human i've never met him but i love him he dearly. is yes and so i know that he doesn't have that expectation on him but you probably have that expectation on yourself oh absolutely yeah yeah I'm the one downstairs working, so I feel like I have an extra level of it's now my responsibility to make sure the downstairs is clean Mm. so that when Andy's done working, she can come downstairs to a clean kitchen because the kitchen is the heart of our house. Um, I put that on myself 
directly. And, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's just funny how we learn these ideas of what it means to be a woman or what it means to be a man. Um, and, you know, you could also go back to the 1950s with that too and TV and all that that involved. Um, because TV is generally our first social clue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say even, I honestly think TV has more of an impact than our own household. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you see, um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I don't really watch much TV <laughs> anymore. Yeah, and if that. I, if I do have it on, it's usually like an old show that I've seen before because mm -hmm. once again, going back to the distraction episode or episode distraction discussion, um, I am less distracted by something I'm familiar with. So, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I have to pay attention to it. I just like having the background noise. It's um, so funny because I'm the complete opposite. If I'm familiar, then oh. I'm, I tend to be like, okay, I know what's about to happen. So let me wait for that. You know? Oh my gosh. No, no, no. I, I can zone yeah. it out. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. I actually, if I'm familiar, I'm more zoned in, <laughs> it's, which is why I can't listen to anything with words if I'm trying to work. Or oh. like, I can't go to sleep to music. I'll never fall asleep. Oh man, I used to fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah, I can't. I can't like, do that. like when I was younger, um, back in high school. Yeah, I would, I would just have the TV on, and it, it would usually be like a movie or something like that. A okay. movie that I'd seen millions of times. Well, not millions, but yeah, know you know what, what I mean. mean. Yeah. yeah. So a movie that I'd seen so many times that I could recite it, like with my eyes closed, like I could recite the scene and I could picture the scene in my head and everything. And that's how I would fall asleep. Um, I have a harder time doing that now because uh, I do believe that uh, having that exposure to, you know, like electronics and things like that, that does mess with your circadian rhythm. And um, I do believe that that was the reason for my ins ins insomnia during high school because I had extreme insomnia like I could not go I couldn't fall asleep until like three o'clock in the morning and this oh is my. when I had to be at school by 7 30 you know right. so that's that's not great because sleep is important sleep is critical for clear minds right and especially to, at that age too so I formed really bad habits early on and I'm just now trying to like untangle myself from all of the bad habits I've built over the past 30 almost 40 years, right? So it's a it's been a struggle, but is it fair to say that you're untangling bad habits or is it is it better to say that you need to form new habits? Well, yeah, forming because, new habits. Sure, well, yeah. I that because I I feel like as we go through stages and ages of life, we need different things. So absolutely, like you shouldn't make yourself feel bad for how you did it before because you're just need to do it different now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. I, I know that's subtle, but I feel like sometimes we all beat ourselves up for something. Oh my God, I can't believe I used to do that. Ooh. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I heard that. Ooh. That sounded close if I heard it. Yeah, you did hear it and our lights flickered. Um. Okay, well, let's just see what happens. Um, yeah, that was loud. Well, I was gonna say we can we can wrap up this conversation because I can definitely get on my soapbox about this kind of stuff, and well, you know, 
oh, what a tangled web we weave, right? Like I will, I will jump from different topic to topic and then bring it back, well, but I, I will go down that rabbit them. hole. <laughs> By now we'll know if they love this idea. Of right, hole. yeah. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Before we leave, should we go back to the political topic and discuss it? And we could say, I mean, yeah. if you don't want to hear something controversial, turn this off. Yes, let's do it. Because um, so there's your warning, guys. <laughs> okay, here's the warning. This is about to get very, very political and per- possibly offensive. So if you don't want to hear that, <laughs> um, and I only say that because since we brought it up, and if we're going to be transparent, I feel like we should at least talk about it. Yeah, but I really for sure. Don't want to. So, um, which means we probably should because I don't want to. So last night, we'll come back to what we were talking about, but I do want to say something to kind of like introduce it. Last night, I was looking through um, my Mediavine dashboard, and Mediavine is my ad network for our blog. And there's, you know what a PSA is, right? Public service announcement? Public service announcement, yeah. Okay. So at all times, unfortunately, which I wish the world was a better place, but when you, you have these spots on your site where there's ads that are placed... And the fill rate goes up and down depending on the economy, time of year, everything. No blog is 100% filled with the best ads at all times. So they give you the option to put in PSAs where there's no good ads so that it's not just a blank gray spot. And you can pick or choose what kind of PSAs you want. And I was looking through the PSAs last night because they brought this up. Uh, Mediavine brought this up for everybody to go, you know, look at their PSAs because they'd put in new PSAs. And mm-hmm. one of them was um, for LGBTQIA. I can't even get all the initials Plus. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in the community and I don't get it right. Anyway, um, <laughs> they had some new PSAs related to that, I think, for suicide prevention and stuff for the community. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't know if I want these PSAs on there because of who my audience is. I don't want to offend anyone. And I just thought that was really interesting that I myself had that own thought about Mm -hmm. my own community because I'm thinking to myself, if my PSA offends anyone, they may leave the site and I don't get their true ad revenue because maybe the the PSA pops up first and then ads would be second. And then would I hurt my revenue because I put in an offensive PSA? Yeah. Yeah. And as I was scrolling through all the PSAs, I realized that every single PSA has some form of controversy. Yeah. Because like uh, like if it's anti-smoking, mm-hmm. who's going to be offended by that? A smoker. Right. Right? Yeah. So everything has some form of, of being offended. And I just thought that was really interesting because I saw that after our text exchange last night. <laughs> walk away and then I looked at this thing and... yeah. Anyway, do you want to? And then you got your blood pressure rolling again. That's right. So, do you want to talk about what you texted me? Sure. So, um, I came across an article. I, you know, once again, going back to reading, I am an avid reader, and I do, uh, I do try not to get bogged down with like news, you know, like Mm -hmm. news, because it it becomes so polarizing. Right. The approach. And so I always try to find, I mean, there's really no true 
um, neutral journalist or journalism outlier or whatever it may be. It's impossible for a journalist because I'm married to one. So I've learned a lot about this. Um, (laughs) It's impossible for journalism to be completely non-biased is what you're trying to say. Right. Yes, exactly. So I saw a headline and as soon as I saw the headline, I did what I normally do, which is information overload. Like I need to spiral down my rabbit hole and make sure that I am reading the accurate source material as opposed to somebody's opinion based on a headline. You know, like I don't right, want to get right. sucked into that. So I I want I want all the information so I can make my own decision. And right. so um the the headline was um oh I can find it. Hang on. You know uh, I have to go to the restroom. I'm gonna pause this. Find let's it, pause it. And we'll come right back. Sounds good. And we're back live. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Okay, so I found it. Okay. So the headline says the Tennessee House just passed a bill completely gutting marriage equality. So that was the headline. And once again, I'm like, okay, that's pretty, yeah, that that's pretty fluffy, right? Like completely gutting marriage equality? Like that seems really extreme, right? right. So I went down my search and I was like, Tennessee bill, marriage equality, just trying to find something a little less biased or whatever. And so after going down my rabbit hole, it turns out this sensationalized headline is accurate. It is true. And so there was a bill that was passed in Tennessee where um, it it says, yes, it passed on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it says, quote, a person shall not be required to solemnize a marriage if the person has an objection to solemnizing the marriage based on the person's conscience or religious beliefs. So my first thought was, oh, well, most officiants, like they have the option to say, no, I don't want to marry you guys. You know, like, and and then you say, oh, okay, well, you're not going to marry us. So let me go find somebody else or let me go ask my friend who can get ordained and do this. Right. So you have options. And so my first thought was that. And I'm like, but they already have something like that. So are they passing a law? Like, are they turning that into like a true law? But what what it is <laughs> um it would basically allow county clerks the people um issuing the marriage licenses so if somebody decides i don't want an officiant i'm just going to go to the courthouse and get married right, right. so the person that's going to sign off on that to say this is a legal marriage license if they have a personal belief when they look at you, which to me, I'm like, this is blatant discrimination, right? So they they see, let's use me and Lance as an example. They see me yes. and Lance walk in, a white man and an Asian woman. They come in and they say, we want to get married. And then that person says, oh, this kind of goes against my personal beliefs of interracial marriage. So no. I will not issue a marriage license to you. Now we've just been denied a marriage license. We cannot get married because this person has said, no, my personal beliefs, uh, I don't believe in 
interracial marriage. So I'm going to say no to this. Like what kind of power are they passing to people? And then same thing, you know, like you and Andy walk into a courthouse and say, Uh we would like a marriage license, please. And they look at you and they're like, but you're both women. Yep. That goes against my religious beliefs. So no, I will not issue this marriage license to you. Like, could they say, have either one of you ever been married before? And then if you said yes, and then they said, well, what was the reason you got divorced? Could they make judgment calls on that too? Because I assume if it's religion that, um, oh God, but in the Bible, Jesus talked about. Yeah, the the Bible that is written by multiple people. Right. Well, that's And has been edited over time and translated multiple times, but I digress. Yeah, this is good because we're going to lose all of the. (laughs) Okay, let's just let's just clear something up. I am Catholic, like I am a practicing Catholic, and I have issues with organized religion. So, right, I grew up Pentecostal, and I would still consider myself to be in that category. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say non-practicing. In other words, I'm not going to church. I just yeah no we we go to church we teach our yeah. kids they're they're going to go through their first communion soon yeah no we are practicing Catholics yeah. but there are things that I like Renee said I get very opinionated and I am not quiet about them and so people don't like me when I do that right <laughs> so would this person also be able to deny people that perhaps this is our second or third marriage. If it goes against their conscience or beliefs, then yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now this person in Tennessee can basically decide for any reason that is, should they, should this person have to file their conscience in advance so that they, like when you get the job, these are the things that I would not do. Right. Or do they get get to decide day by day based upon their mood? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this oh. <laughs> oh, you're you're getting my blood boiling. Okay, so this this raises another it, it, I guess it's like a parallel kind of um debate too. Okay. Uh the whole thing about like the the gun reforms and the legislations of gun control and things like that, right? So the oh, yeah. argument has been um government should not enforce blah 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 right like right. keep government out of my guns okay great well who was it john stewart and i know he is a biased sure. um person you know because he he's is a very comedian, but yes he's a comedian but he it's very clear what his political stance is right Correct. so he made a really great point when he was talking to, it was like a, a state senator. I can't remember what state it was from, but he was talking to a state senator about uh, gun reform, like gun laws and legislation. And wasn't it ironically, a, I could be wrong, but wasn't it a Tennessee state? Senator? It might have been Tennessee. It might I have feel like been. Ironically, yeah. it may have been, and and that would just be pure irony. And I'm probably wrong, but I feel like that's what it was. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just I love the way that he phrases questions because he said, what are the what are the requirements of voting? 
Like as a U.S. citizen, let's go back to the voting thing. What are the requirements of voting? And then the guy was like, oh, well, you need to have like you need to live in the U.S. and you need to have like a valid um, valid ID and all this kind of stuff. But he was like, okay. And then what's the biggest thing that has to happen for you to be able to vote? You have to register. register. Right. So you have to register with who? The government. The The government. State. Yeah. And then, um, oh, the other, the other argument was he was like, oh, you have to be at least 18. And he's like, okay, so when it comes to voting, are you saying that you were infringing on the rights of a 17 year old because you have to register and be 18 years old to vote? And he was like, well, no, because that's the rule. Okay. (laughs) I know. I saw this too. And I was like, this is such circular logic, but then what makes it different for registering your gun? Right. Like for you, in order for you to have a gun, you should register. Right. Because right. it'll because be more are, helpful and for law guy, enforcement. Yes. Senator didn't want to have to register guns. Was exactly. Right. Yes. But he wants people who are going to vote to register to vote and right. to have all the legal documentation to make sure that they can vote, which, by the way, right. I think makes sense. I think that's how it mm-hmm. should be. I also yeah. think that's how it should be with a gun. And I, I totally think that makes absolute sense. I also understand a mentality that I don't agree with here, which is people who are very fearful of the government taking away their rights don't want the government to know how many guns they have. Right. I don't think that logic works because it's a selective logic. And mm-hmm. Like in the case of here, the gov- they don't they want the right to not allow certain kinds of people to get married, but they want the government not to be involved in the things that they want to do. Right? Yes, but isn't it county involved- clerks? Aren't they government employees? Yes, yes, they totally so, are. So the power is going to this person in in a government role. To mm-hmm. say my personal beliefs and opinions is what is making this decision. Right. And, and remember what I said last night. I said, so then I want to move my family. <laughs> right. I want to become a county clerk. Yep. Issues marriage licenses. And I want to deny. Go back to the Bible all, thing. <laughs> yeah. I want to deny all second marriages, first of all, mm-hmm. even though I am currently in a second marriage myself. That's who cares about hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> so I want to deny all second marriages and all straight marriages because they're just not natural to me. Right. That's not, that's not normal, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and that is your personal opinion. That is your personal belief. And this bill allows you to exercise that. I bet that if people, if all of a sudden all of the county clerks in Tennessee started denying um, we'll just go with divorced because you know divorce. So many mm-hmm. marriages are second marriages. Um, if they st- all started denying all second marriages, I bet they'd change the rule to have an exclusion. If they started oh, yeah. denying all straight marriages, suddenly we'd have a rule for an exclusion that they can't deny straight marriages. Right, you know I mean? and and that would be that rule would be based on. 
oh, they can't deny straight marriages because in the Bible, okay, now you're bringing religion into government. That's right. That's right. Um, now, interestingly, we have the Marriage Protection Act, which passed last, mm-hmm. late last year. Um, but in conjunction with this, Tennessee is also trying to do a new thing, which says that they don't have to honor any federal regulations or laws mm-hmm. that they deem unconstitutional. They have to do that to right. protect this idea because... Oh my God. I'm sorry. But this is part of the mental overload. Like my brain just cannot keep up with, once again, I'm going to use the term mental gymnastics that I have to go through to try to understand this point of view. Well, and I want to, since Tennessee is doing a lot of interesting things, um, interesting is a good word for it. Yeah. They also just banned <laughs> uh, drag queens, right? Yeah. Because, or no, they didn't ban them. They they require them to um, get a permit in order to perform. Okay. Okay. And the reason that they did this was to protect children, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, I just want to make sure I have that right. Because I was thinking mm-hmm. about this this morning. I was like, okay, so if they're concerned about children being exposed to drag queens, which I'm sorry, it's a funny thought. <laughs> I mean, I just, I struggle with that because oh it's, uh-huh. I don't know. It's just funny, but clearly they don't understand anything and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it got me to thinking, you're right. You know, if, if they think a child can't process what a drag queen is and what's happening there, and that's fair. I'm going to say that's fine. If you don't think your child can process that, totally cool. But it got me to thinking you know what's the hardest thing to process as a child? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because as a child, we grow up, if you grow up in a Christian home, you're told about Santa Claus, generally speaking. You're told about the Easter Bunny, and you're told about Jesus. And then at some point, you're told, oh, you know, Santa- your kids can't hear, right? No. Okay. Uh, you're told Santa Claus isn't real. You're told the Easter Bunny isn't real. Um, and then Jesus is, but Jesus is, Mm -hmm. you're, you're asking your children to process a lot of data that's kind of confusing. And you're Mm -hmm. also, um, putting your ideas upon that child. So I got me thinking, maybe they're right. Maybe we shouldn't be able to expose children to drag queens, clowns, Halloween costumes, or church. Mm hmm. Because I could see from a atheist perspective that they believe that raising your kids in a church environment is harmful to their children. I don't personally believe that, but I know some atheists that do feel very strongly about that. Right. Yeah. And so if we're going to impose the Christian ideas of raising a child on people, then shouldn't we equally impose the non-Christian ideas? This is why I always thought it was the dumbest idea to have prayer in school, because which prayer? Right. Right? Because there isn't just one. That's right. I mean, you're Catholic. There's a dominant one, but that doesn't make it the only one. That's right. And it's currently dominant. Right. that could change as populations shift, as as um not you know um religious ideas shift 
Mm -hmm. that could change. So I guess I'm starting to say, I guess my point is, I think in Tennessee, we need to sponsor a bill that says that you can't expose children to church. Because if you can't, if they can't handle a drag queen, I don't feel like they can handle religion either. So therefore, I'm thinking of moving to Tennessee and trying to get rid of church for children. Well, when it comes to the the whole drag queen debate, right, like how harmful they are to children, I know that a lot of us in the Gen X millennial, you know, age groups, right? Yeah. We were we were exposed to something similar. Um, but it was a beloved character and movie. So does that mean that we all have trauma now? Have you ever watched a movie called Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. And it was very confusing. Not at all confusing. That's dumb. That's my point. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that that's so it was a beloved family movie that was, I mean, that's how it was promoted, as a family movie. And right. it's basically Robin Williams dressing in drag, right? Like, that's that's, that's the that's entire movie. What about Am I damaged because of that? Did that confuse me as a child? Did it confuse you as a child? No. Neither like, are, are, we, are we damaged are. right now? <laughs> well, okay, we probably are. Other shit damaged me. Yeah. But, but not, the mo- not that movie. <laughs> And I love how we're so busy protecting our children from, I'm sorry, every time I say it, I laugh. I don't mean to. But every time we're protecting our children from a drag queen instead of school shootings. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so school mm-hmm, shootings mm-hmm. are a normal part of our life. And there's just nothing we can do about that because you can't can't mess with guns. Why aren't, gu- why aren't drag queens as sacred as a gun? I mean, honestly, yeah. I feel like we need to protect our drag queens because they're Maybe the last good part of society, but um, I don't know. So yeah, when you texted me all this last night, I was just like, oh my God, here we are once again dealing with this issue. Mm -hmm. And I thought, finally, I had some peace and rest because we were marching, literally marching in the streets for so long and it was exhausting and... I thought that we'd resolve this issue, but clearly not. And so I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that means for me. I don't know what it means for young people coming up. Yeah, like a lot of the rights that we take for granted, right? I mean, I know that, um, you know, especially same-sex marriage, that's, that's a way more recent thing, right? But like if you think about the fact that that Lance and I were able to get married legally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it was just a little over 50 years ago, it would have been illegal. So that's within our lifetime, like within our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. That was something that was disgusting. And no, that's so wrong. Like why, right. why would somebody marry outside of their race? Well, why wouldn't they? <laughs> Right. So you're right. saying don't marry outside of your race, but also don't marry the same gender. <laughs> like, right. So I guess if it was like Where's a, the logic? <laughs> yeah. There's no logic because it's just this is my belief. And I, I find it so maddening that people that have a belief are offended 
by someone that has a different belief. Right. I mean, here's the deal. If you don't like gay marriage, then just fucking don't get gay married. Right, right. So <laughs> don't cool. get gay married. Totally. Oh it's easy, you know? It's not why because you issued a marriage license oh. for a, a white man and an Asian woman that you yourself have to leave work that day and go find yourself someone of a different race. It's yeah. not a rule. No. It's just an option, you know? Oh, my gosh. I mean, some people like, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh, I like the milk and cookies from Ben and Jerry's. I hate that. I hate that. <gasps> I hate milk and cookies. No. You know, I want More mint chocolate chip. More for me. <laughs> I want mint chocolate chip. So does that mean that we need to ban milk and cookies? Uh, I think it means that we are even better friends because we will not be eating each other's ice cream. And I am totally okay with that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just... I don't understand this way of thinking. No, I don't at either. All. It, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And they're yet they're making laws based upon their own ideas. Right. But only their current ideas. Not, I mean, in the, wasn't it in the 70s where you couldn't go to church if you were divorced? Oh, I believe it was yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. If you got a divorce, you had to leave the church. Yep. Now you, you were still- excommunicated. That's right. If you were divorced. Mm-hmm. So now that's gone to the wayside. And that's okay to be divorced. But it's, in their mind, not okay to be interracial. Oh, by the way, maybe maybe one clerk is okay with interracial but not okay with gay. Maybe one couple's, one clerk's okay with gay but not okay with interracial. That's just a lot to keep up with. I feel like they yeah. should, like I said earlier, they should at least have to register what their beliefs are so that you can find the clerk that fits your needs. I don't know. Right. I, yeah. For for people that keep saying keep government out of my personal stuff, they're really leaning on the government to create all these regulations to be able to control their agendas or beliefs, missions, values, whatever it may be, right? Like that just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And the other thing that, you know, part of the whole protecting children argument, like we're protecting kids, we're protecting them, protecting them. Um, Tennessee also recently (laughs) passed something that loosened child labor laws. Why did they do that? How does how does that protect children? Like part of it, what what I was reading about it was that um, uh, they they have loosened the child labor laws by relaxing some of the language. Like instead of having specified times, so you know, um, for let's say somebody who is well, how old do you have to be to start working? Like 14, 15 or something like that, right? I thought it was sixteen. However, but I don't. Okay, well, whatever it is. So, like, um, you have a 15-year-old that's working part-time, like just an after-school job. And you have a 17-year-old that's working part-time because the 17-year-old is still a child, right? Working part-time. So instead of setting these rules to protect children from being exploited in the workplace, um, 
their shifts are supposed to end by like 9 p.m. or something like that so that they can go to bed at a reasonable time. Or yeah, they can go home, they can go to bed and get ready for school the next day, right? So they have removed that language and have just said um, they need to be scheduled for reasonable times. Well, a reasonable time for 15-year-olds is going to be very different for a reasonable time for a 17-year-old. And also, who is determining what's reasonable? Reasonable is very subjective. <laughs> like, what's reasonable for me is not the same as what's reasonable for you because I am a night owl. Yeah. So for me, I'd be like, yeah, have me work later because I'm awake until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I, that's reasonable for me. Yeah. But you, I, you need to be in bed by nine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't so that, that same shift is not reasonable for you. <laughs> right. The logic is flawed in our politics at this time. Because there is no logic. It's feelings seem to be ruling it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, it would, it, to me, it's kind of like if we went to the store and they said to you, this thing is $5. To me, they said it's $7. And to someone else, they said, well, we don't want to sell it to you at all. Right. You know, it, it doesn't. You shouldn't be able to charge a different price just based upon who someone is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And so I don't understand why they're pressing morality, their morality on us. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's very un-American in my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, my head is pounding. Like the blood is pounding in my head (laughs) because I get very upset about this kind of stuff because I am, I am a minority in that I am female. I am also a minority in that I am Asian, not white. Right. Um, I am not a U.S. citizen. I, (laughs) I am in an interracial marriage. My children are mixed race. Like. Like all of these things get affected by all of the changes that are happening. Like everything that they, everything that is being changed or revoked or whatever, I'm like, it, it affects us in more ways than one. Like there are all these different spokes that come back to our wheel where we're affected. Yeah. I yet we don't get to pay lower taxes. No. Yeah. I would like to pay less taxes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's funny thinking about all this. Taxes are an important part of all of this too, because before Andy and I before there was federal marriage, you know, Andy and I couldn't join file jointly. Joint, right. Yeah. Right? And then once we had federal, we had some states that would approve our marriage. And then the federal government started recognizing us from a tax perspective, but our state didn't mm. because we went out of state to get married. We got married mm-hmm. in Delaware because Texas didn't recognize our marriage. Now, thankfully, we didn't have a state tax. 
So right. that was less complicated. But if you were in a state that didn't recognize your marriage, that had a state tax, but the federal government recognized your marriage, mm-hmm. then it got really complicated because you had to do a, you would have to do separate state taxes, but joint federal because you're married. Right. Yeah. That's so, insane. Oh my gosh. I know. People think that all of this stuff doesn't matter, but it matters a lot. It does. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, I guess we can end this call now. Yeah, probably. Um, there's only like maybe one other person that's still listening because they, they're the only <laughs> ones that are like, oh, yeah, we agree with you. Or not necessarily that we agree with you, but it's, you know, I'm not offended by what you had just right, talked about. Right, exactly. It's not important <laughs> that anyone agrees with us. That's kind of the point. Yeah, it's that, that it's they okay. weren't offended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay if you disagree. I'm yeah. cool with that. I am yeah. cool if you want to be in your fourth white straight marriage. That's not my point. My problem. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I hope it works out really well for you and right. you find tremendous joy and happiness. I don't care. It's not my business. So, but just don't let it affect the way that you treat me. That's right. Exactly. In the same way that I don't care what you choose to do. Mhm. I only expect the same respect back. Right. That's it. Yep. It's okay if you think my life is weird because, A, it's weird. I mean, I'm an (laughs) entrepreneur and I'm in a same-sex marriage and she's Italian and I'm white. Hey, my God, we're both in interracial marriages. Yep. That's right. Yeah, look at that. She's only half Italian, so I don't know if it really counts. And I don't even know if Italian these days seems to be white. So I don't, that's, that's a whole other thing. So, um, oh, man. Wow. We oh. are offensive, aren't we? We get to talk. Um, so offensive. So yeah. offensive and offended. Just all the things. It's fine. Um, we can we can talk into our voids. <laughs> sure. Now. I'm fine with that. Let's end this on a question for you. Would you. For me? Like your- yeah. So how old are your girls? Go ahead and say it out loud so everybody knows. They are 9 and 11. Do they know what drag queens are? They sure do. Cool. Well, would you let them go to a drag show? Yeah. We watch We watch Eddie Izzard. We love oh, Eddie Izzard, the comedian, who, yeah. by the way, recently changed, I think, I think the pronouns have been changed officially to she and the name is being changed to Susie Izzard or Susie Eddie Izzard. I had no idea. I just found that out recently. It's wow. a random. Yeah, it was it was one of those like I was scrolling and yeah. I saw I saw Eddie Izzard's face and I was like, "Oh, what's going on here? Is there yeah. a new is there a new comedy special? Oh no, it's just changing names." Yeah. And yet who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Other than my kids are fine. Virginia, like it, <laughs> they're not confused. They understand yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And you know what? If they were confused, we have a very open forum where they can ask questions because we would rather they ask us the questions than ask their friends or people that may not necessarily have 
an appropriate answer. And I'm not saying that we know what's best or we know the best way to approach things or whatever, but we try to provide answers from a factual standpoint as opposed to opinions. And if it is an opinion, we always say, I think, like my personal opinion, my personal preference is X, Y, Z. You know, like we don't say this is the way it is. Right, right. And by the way, I think some of it is confusing. And it's okay if they're confused, you know. Nobody comes out of the womb understanding everything. And so it's not that big of a deal. And then you get to say to your kids, hey, this person was this, and this is what they've decided they want to be. And um, it has zero impact on your life. And even if you mess up in calling somebody a name, usually that person's not going to be offended. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the key, is that it's not... And also... If someone doesn't want to take their kid to a drag show, great. Then don't take your kid. Yeah. That's fantastic. Who cares? That is a choice. That's right. It's just not that big of a deal. And um, But I do think drag shows are awesome. Yeah, me too. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. It's like going to um, Broadway. You know, you just never yeah. know you're here. Uh, it's a great performance. And the energy is just amazing. Right. I'm sure there's some bad drag shows. Sure. Terrible and offensive. And um, okay, I think all drag shows are offensive, but that's part of the humor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, oh, great. my goodness. Okay. So, I guess we'll go now. Um, you're going on vacation, right? I am going on vacation. When do you leave? We leave on Sunday. And who uh, else we goes? were. It's um, me, my kids, and my mom, and my brother. My husband won't be able to go because he will be working. So, um, yeah, so it's just for spring break, for the kids' spring break. They wanted to go somewhere. I thought it would be fun to take them on a road trip. Mm -hmm. Um, We were going to go to San Francisco, but apparently uh, the weather is very – angry at San Francisco or the weather is very angry in California right now because they keep getting snow and rain and the paths that we would be taking or the roads that we would be taking um, take us along like mountainside roads and things like that. And there's just, there's been mudslides and, you know, ice and all that kind of stuff. So I just don't feel comfortable. We're going to Orlando instead. (laughs) my god that is a huge shift the last time i talked to you about California. <laughs> instead of west we're gonna go east <laughs> yeah okay okay well that'll yeah, be fun so it will be fun it's gonna be the girls first time at um universal studios so um we figured we'd just do an introduction to the wizarding world of harry potter yes. which you know once it that's another polarizing thing right like people people either love harry potter or they hate it or they're like you're supporting a bigot because you witchcraft. like harry potter and then there's the witchcraft aspect yes well i enjoy the stories they enjoy the stories we think it's just a lot of fun to you know be part of that whole theme so mm-hmm. that's what we're doing are you going through new orleans 
We are. We're going to stop it. I, oh, my gosh. I have – oh, you are going to think I'm such a nerd. I have a big spreadsheet that has um, – Every single day broken out, like what yeah. we're going to do each day. And then on the drive there, the different stops that we're going to take and yeah. how long it takes and the miles that it is in between. And then there's like optional additional stops if we need to make mm-hmm. extra stops for like gas or restroom breaks and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I have a whole I, a whole spreadsheet <laughs> with all that information. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, have fun. Thanks. So we'll be back. But um, at that point, everyone's going to, this is going to be launched, birthed to the world. And so you guys are going to hear all of this uh, by the time I'm back from Orlando. So I will have many stories to share then because I'm sure there's going to, you know, being stuck inside of a car with your family for that long, um, there's going to be a lot of things that get brought up. But I'm I mean, I'm excited because I I have very fond memories of road trips growing up. Now, granted, this was like road trips in Australia, not road trips here in the US. (laughs) I think a road a road trip in Australia sounds like so much fun. And dangerous. But I think it's danger. So it depends on where you're going. So a lot of our road trips were um coastal. So we didn't do like cross country road trips because I grew up in Western Australia, which is the biggest state. Mm -hmm. And also um, it's like the most Western part of us. Well, obviously it's called Western Australia, but like where we lived, if we wanted to go into the next state, if we wanted to drive and you didn't want to drive like around the coast and you wanted to drive through the state, you're driving through Outback. And we're talking like, if you think Outback is like cracked earth, scorching hot sun, that's exactly what it is. And that is not a road trip you want to be taking. Right. Right. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So maybe danger is uh, synonymous with Australia, but it, it, I don't know. It never felt dangerous to me. So it was just life, you know, that was just, right. I lived here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get so. it. I get it. Yeah. You <laughs> you see poisonous snake or venomous snakes, poisonous spiders or whatever and it's like, yeah, that's just that's just what it is. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Just don't don't touch it. Don't go near it. <laughs> don't let it bite you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just don't. Whatever you do, just don't. Just don't. Yes. So, this is the longest goodbye though. This is this, this is, is true in goodbye. person. This is what happens to us in person. We just we can't say bye. It's it's hard. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I know. I know. Um okay, hour 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Bye. Yes. Thank you for hanging out. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,